Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The from page to screen. screen. Hello. Good evening, Rob. How the heck are you? No echo this week because I made sure I unplugged my webcam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm all right, but it's it, at my night job. I keep telling people, oh, this thing will happen in a week, which will be November. You're like, how the hell is it November in a week? It's very strange. Very, very yeah, strange. It, it only seems like yesterday we were at the beginning of the year talking about all the Comic Cons and various <laughs> other things we were going to go to. <laughs> well, I've still attended a few. It's just been from the comfort of my own monitor. So, you know, mm-hmm. Grimfest, Frightfest, etc. So uh, that, that's kind of been fun. But, no, I get what you mean. It's not the same, is it? No. You can't get a selfie. Unless, I suppose, and that's probably where I missed a trick, actually, was turning around and having whoever I was speaking to in the background whilst I took a picture. I really should have done it. <laughs> But to be fair, I could probably still do that because I've got the mm-hmm. video recording. So I might... Uh, create a few fake selfies from my from my time at Grimfest this year. So. It's a bit harder to say, hey, sign this DVD for me. Well, that's what I miss. It's like I have added not much whatsoever to my geek collection this year. Uh, I'm trying to think what the last thing was. Um... The Paul Tanta DVDs that he said, he wanted to borrow like a lot of uh, British films. So mm-hmm. I sent him a box of about 30 of them because he was, he was writing, this is like a year and a half ago, he was writing uh, like an essay for this film stories magazine about mm-hmm. British films and he knew that I had hundreds and hundreds of them. So, you know, he makes a few himself, but he got in touch with me and said, can I borrow some? So I sent him a box of about 30 movies and in it were about seven of his movies. So <laughs> uh, a year and a half later when he'd finished with them all, he messaged me and he said, I think I've got them all. He said, but why did you send me some of my own films? I went, that's for you to sign. <laughs> that's my payment <laughs> for me loaning you 30 movies to save you going. So uh, that's probably the latest thing that I added uh, signed-wise. But I kind mm-hmm. of need to add more. It's been a been a poor year for signed things this year. So. Ah, well. You know, There's always 2023. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was going to say 2025, but yeah. Do you know what's really funny is you see all these people going, oh, I can't wait for 2021. You go, do you really think the first half of it <laughs> is going to be that much different? I really don't think it is, but who knows? Yep. We can keep our fingers crossed. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, this is episode 543, uh, 25th of October. 2020 just me and you tonight i did uh, reach out to bob saying do you fancy joining but he's not replied uh, i think i scared him off because i said look this episode is probably going to be a what we've been watching episode so maybe <laughs> he thought do you know what it's not much point so i'll just uh, i'll bail out of this one fair enough so how are you uh, i'm good um back playing up but nothing uh, unusual there um yeah uh i'm busy as ever it seems mm-hmm. um and uh yeah looking forward again as of 
as the same as last week, the podcast for a little wind down and yes. uh, relaxation. Bit of escapism. Well, I finished work this morning at 7am, which is technically 8am if you take out the clock adjustment. So I had to work an extra hour, which, uh, yeah, was was tiring. So was do you get like, paid that extra yeah, hour? Yeah, we do. Well, yeah. that's good because... Yeah. You know, I've never had that uh, conundrum pop up. No, you know, I've never been wor- working. You know, at night during uh, the the switch over. So uh, I'm glad you get paid it. So am I. <laughs> and, and the thing <laughs> is, like they, they sort of asked us at the beginning of the week, saying, "Look, you know, can can everybody do?" Because people start the next shift at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. So if everybody finishes at six a.m., which would effectively be seven then there's going to be a whole hour where there's just nobody in work whatsoever. And then these poor sods come in at seven o'clock and go, whoa, what happened? Uh, so my boss pretty much said, look, you know, if anybody can work an extra hour, that would be great. And a few people went, nope, not doing it, not doing it. And I thought, you know what? It's the last hour of mm-hmm. my last shift. I've done like 45 hours. Does it really make that much of a difference? One hour, I'm all right sod it i'll do it it was easier to go do you know what i'll do it than kick up a fuss over 60 minutes that i was going to get paid for so i thought right sod it <laughs> yeah plus you can bank that for for the next time they tell you to go to the office yeah exactly it's like look i did you a favor there so you know i don't really wanna it's not happening <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh so rob uh introduce yourself because I, mean, I never introduce anybody so you're going to introduce yourself mm-hmm. uh and then share a fact about you that 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 you think people should know. So, uh, so I'll go, I'll go first. So, uh, so this episode is brought to you by me, Stuart. You can find me on Twitter at from page to screen. And, um, I used to really love the TV series V when that was on in the early eighties. So I was like 14 years old. I really wanted to buy the spin-off books, but I had no money because my parents were horrible. So I went into the shops and stuffed the paperbacks up my jumper and stole about five of them over like a six month period. So there you go. That's a little fact about me. Statute of limitations on V paperbacks has passed. So I'm okay. <laughs> now you don't have to confess a crime, Rob. Wow. It's all right. That was literally just the first How'd thing. How'd you that one? Yeah, I don't know. So, who else is joining me on tonight's episode? Right. Well, on tonight's episode, I'm Rob. Uh, I uh, I can be found pretty much anywhere at Mister R Dyer. Um, I obviously am into everything geeky. I run Sci-Fi News. I've run events such as sci-fi whales and uh at the moment i'm just taking a break and uh working on something uh completely different and new so am i and this will mean absolutely nothing to anybody other than yourself rob but that mm-hmm. spreadsheet list i'm building up it's now 107 wow <laughs> which i did not do whilst i was at my night job it was just on <laughs> i was on a break i assure you so. It's amazing, uh, you know, what you can do on Excel, you know. Isn't it? Well, it it's kind of is easy because it's like... Contact ba- tracing. Basically, I'm trying to build up a, build up a list of geek websites for, for my own use. And mm. it's just a case of sitting, staring at Twitter. And if you see somebody tweet something, you go, oh, they look like they write for a website. You click on their profile and go, yep, they do. There's the link in the spreadsheet. So I must have added about 70 or 80 in a two-day period. So it's coming along quite nicely. It is. It is getting there now. I'm gonna. I listened to a podcast last week, and it was a movie podcast, and they just launched a Patreon. Ooh, Ooh the dreaded Patreon. And 
what were they offering for uh, oh, Jesus. A, a subscription fee? Was it uh, nakedness? Was not, it uh, extra content? Well, it was. And I, I was genuinely, genuinely horrified at their Patreon. So they have three tiers. One of them, I think, is like £8 a month, which is like, whoa. There is no podcast, not even my own. If this cost me £8 a month, you know what? I'm all right. I'm good. I'll scrap it. Uh, so they were offering no extra content for that other than ad advert-free episodes, which you can get for free anyway. Uh, then I think there was like another tier about £10 per month, which is pretty steep. But there was another tier, which was £21 a month. And when, for that, you get a whole three or four extra episodes a month. 21 quid. Is there any podcast? And I include this one that you would pay twenty one pounds a month for. I'm hoping not. No, probably not. No, that's. I'm just mental. thinking with that twenty one pounds, that's um, a couple of big finished CDs or <laughs> yeah, you know no. various other things. So uh, competition prizes. Um, yeah. But I so I listen to their show anyway, non Patreon, because it's like, and that always annoys me. We've chatted about it before, but it's like podcasts don't necessarily have to cost you anything whatsoever so don't don't go on your show and go we need this money to keep going you don't if you want to do it for free there are ways to do it for free trust me i know um so they spent on their episode once when they launched their patreon 24 minutes at the beginning talking about the patreon 20 i was getting really bored i was getting very annoyed and then they finished talking about it after 24 minutes and then went into an advert which was one of their sponsors so i i (laughs) I tweeted at them uh sort of midweek saying hey guys loved your latest episode love the 24 minute patreon talk will you be able to do the same next week or will some movies actually get in the way they've (laughs) they've not really replied so I don't know what happened there. But no, I launched a Patreon for this one. I'm going to do it very, very fast. It's a Patreon slash from page. And if there's two tiers, I think one of them is like £1 per month and the other one's £2.50 per month. And if you sign up to either of those, you get absolutely <laughs> nothing extra whatsoever. You get no extra episodes. You get no... We don't do ads anyway other than for ourselves and projects we're doing. But you get nothing. But all the money will pile up and it will go to make a goat movie or something in the future. So uh, I will put the... Well, basically, go to my Twitter. The Patreon link is on my Twitter page. There you got enough Patreon. See, that didn't take 24 minutes, did it? That took, what, no. like a minute and a half to talk about the actual thing. I have to ask, though. Yeah. You know, obviously, you set this up previously. It's It's been going for a while. Have we got hundreds of subscribers yet? None. None at oh. all. Which I'm oh, well. I'm I'm fine with because it's not. You know, I do <laughs> yeah, I, I will too. I do actually check it every few days and go. Let me have a look. Oh yeah, none. Still none. Ooh. Hey up. Oh, oh none. So yes. So there is one there. Uh, but who cares? You know. En- enjoy the free shows. Yeah. You have to pay for enough stuff in this in this life. If you don't want to pay for this podcast, it's fine. You don't have to because it's free mm-hmm. and we love doing it. So um so yeah so launch that one. Uh, what else uh, the UK Motion Picture Festival reopens on the 1st of November so by the time we do the new podcast the festival will be up and running it closes on Valentine's Day it's a nice day for that to oh. shut down so if you go over to my Twitter feed from page to screen you will see me tweeting about that and then you can find the actual UK Film Festival thing there as well uh, I have got a little new section for you, Rob, which we can do later on in the show. We could do it at the end. But mm-hmm. I, I came up with it yesterday, 
just after I'd edited a new super short version of the theme song, which runs on this one. It's like really short. It's about. Well, well about I was t- just going to say, can we have a little jingle for this? You know, like I've got one. Blank, no, I've got I've got a jingle for the new section. I was okay. Uh, go on, go on. I was editing that. Like, you won't hear it until later on. I'll send it after because. Uh, because you know the wonders of modern technology. The I wonders. Don't listen to anything. Yeah, you don't even know. It's boring. Like, <laughs> only Patreon, only Patreon subscribers can listen to thirty second clip. So now I, I did a little jingle. jingle. If you pay a pound a month. Yes, exactly. Um, so we are going to have in each episode a sixty second rant each about anything. Right, so it's sixty seconds, and I will be looking at the clock, and it will be like and. Go, and then it'll be like right stop because I, I think. Know, but how long is it going to take us to uh, to to move on to a different subject other than COVID idiots? You know, that's we could twelve do, months no. down the line. You know, rants are still going. That'll be in your. Uh, I mean, that's sixty seconds each episode. Because yeah. you know, if you want to watch people getting wound up and annoyed and, and grumpy and bitching and moaning all the time, just go on social media. Mm. It's literally that for quite a lot, depending who you follow. So. Um, so on that note, it's like I saw somebody. Twitter's doing this weird thing where you see people on your timeline and you don't follow them, but because somebody you do follow is having a conversation with them, that other person shows up there. You're like, what? So I'm managing to find a lot of new followers that way. But there was a guy who posted something where I'm thinking of making my uh, my Twitter pro- uh, profile private because I'm getting a lot of abuse and I'm sick of it. Blah blah blah. And it's just it's like, that. I don't understand that. So I replied back to him saying. Keep your timeline troll free. First sign of a troll, block them. Done. Mm. Don't speak to them. Just block them. It's like a lot of people don't do that. They seem to engage with the trolls, and it doesn't do you any good. There's no point. No. A troll pops up. You do the whack a mole thing, just like Boris Johnson. Hey, whack a mole. Get rid of them. Kill them. Uh, not kill them. Kill them. Well, maybe, but just get <laughs> just get rid of them. But it's bonkers. So yes, there will be a sixty-second rant at some point. So we can do that Ooh. later on. But that's got a nice little jingle and, and everything with that one. Okay. So uh, this week I attended virtually from my wonderful monitor. It was a one-hour presentation for the Ray Harryhausen Titan of Cinema. It was a press junket, which Ooh. was quite cool. So there was um, Vanessa Harryhausen, who's Ray's daughter was there and a couple of people who actually organized the exhibit itself, which is going on until next September uh, in Edinburgh, so the the Scottish Museum. So I attended that, and uh, I actually blagged them and went, can you send me this video, please? And I'd like to put it as a podcast, and they actually did. So at some point, you will get to hear the whole press conference in a future episode about this Harryhausen thing. But it looks well interesting. Because it's got mm-hmm. all of his artwork, all of his little storyboards, obviously a lot of the creations and stuff like Medusa and, and Bubo the Golden Owl. I got all giddy at that. Any mention of Clash <laughs> of the Titans, and I'm like, oh, I love Clash of Titans. It's great. So that's a massive exhibit. So at some point, I'm going to take a trip up to Edinburgh and go see that. So Sounds good. That should be fun. So what have you been up to this week, other than being stupidly busy on, on your secret project? Yeah, secret projects. Uh work more work um that there really you know hasn't been a break i i very much enjoyed um my my movie night yesterday actually Mm -hmm. that was nice um it's always nice to get the projector out yep um did that as you know um and uh obviously um with the 
YouTube giving me the wonders of Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, I was dying to see that. So uh, that was one of the things I did watch. So, uh, you know, when we get around to talking about what we watched, there's a spoiler. So so let's let's talk about War of the Worlds while we're on that, because this episode will probably be about 90% this is what we've watched, because my list is nuts. There's so Mm -hmm. much stuff I've watched the past couple of weeks. So uh, thank you very much, Rob, for pointing out that the War of the Worlds stage adaptation of the musical was on YouTube for a whole 48 hours because I I set up the projector, managed to install the YouTube app and then we sat and watched it yesterday before work so in between these Mm -hmm. horrible long shifts big soundbar, 130 inch wall projection dark room and everything and we sat and watched it what did you think and had you seen that before? I hadn't seen it before, the only thing um, you know, I've seen War of the Worlds. Obviously, I've seen the movies, yeah. the original, um, you know, Tom Cruise's version and various things in between. I've never seen anything on stage, so that was very new to me. Um, and, you know, to me, the, the best, um, you know, the best thing with War of the Worlds is, is Jeff Wayne's musical version of it. Yeah. Um, so to actually get that in the stage show with all the music was amazing. My my first comment is, um, and I don't know if it's a DVD release or if you know if, or a Blu-ray release. If there was, there should certainly be a Jeff Wayne cam version so you could just watch him dance. <laughs> what was all that about? It's like. You know, so I've seen a few concerts and I've, you know, I went to the Hans Zimmer one and so I'm familiar with conductors but I would love to know how the, the conductor language because to look at them you go I don't even know what you're doing and I don't know how anybody who's <laughs> playing a violin or a harp or that woman who's playing the drums the the whatever it was she was playing like five different things that woman she was like down all over the stage he was just having a boogie wasn't he or just yeah. I don't think he was conducting anything. It was a very strange conductor thing. No, I think it was just like, how can we get Jeff involved? Yeah, he can stand there <laughs> and dance. Put him on stage like some sort of over-the-hill pole dancer. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was amazing. So did I. I kept watching him dance. I'm like, unless you're conducting with your feet, pal, you look like you're just having a dance. But he, <laughs> he was loving it. But my the two comments I've got is... Um, is Jason Donovan was the standout for me. He was amazing as the parson. I know, he and was fantastic. You know, you know, I, I'm totally honest when it comes to Jason Donovan. I'm a big fan, yeah. and I have to say, when he first came out, didn't even realize it was him. No, I saw his name in the credits. So I'm like, ooh, yeah, and I knew it was it, I saw but it. when he first walked onto stage, uh, I was just like, yep, yeah, another cast member. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. It's Jason. <laughs> it came up with the names, and Annette looked at me because we have this thing. She watches Top of the Pops Volume Two or whatever, so it's like old Top of the Pops episodes played. And Jason Donovan came on, and she was about to fast forward. I'm like, Oi! I used to love this album. She went, "You did not." I'm like, "Edit." Ten good reasons. I don't cassette. It's a really good album, mm-hmm. and she just never lets me forget that. She does not because she was all into like <laughs> Sisters of Mercy and the Cure and the Smiths and stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, Jason Donovan's album. Liked it. Mm-hmm. Genuinely do. I would." Uh, too many broken hearts in the world. That's what I say. And uh, so she was like, oh, for God's sake. But even by the end of it, she's like, he was the best one. He mm-hmm. was the, and I'll, I'll probably say the only convincing acting performance in yeah. War of the World. Marty Pello, what was that? 
Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what the weird thing is? And I noticed it pretty quick. And then Annette and I spent the rest of the time trying to work out. He doesn't blink. Oh, at all. I, I didn't pick that up at all because I was watching it and he had he very much had a performance where he was on stage and he was playing to the audience because you could see him looking and just making sure he looked in every direction and stuff. So it's very theatrical. With that, mm. Jason Donovan came on. You would think like he's in a movie or whatever. He was just totally convincing kind of ignored the audience which is what you should do you shouldn't be marty pello looked like he was he was like doing a musical concert which yeah. uh, but he doesn't he didn't blink he does at one point at the end because annette went oh he blinked went no he closed his eyes purposely because that was a dramatic point but the guy does not blink <laughs> and i need to now find out whether he's incapable of blinking because he was on stage quite a lot but not once did yeah. he blink which was very very strange but uh, I love the show. It's, I've seen the, or I've heard the album with Richard Burton doing the Liam Neeson role many, mm-hmm. many times. And I've heard the Liam Neeson one once. But when Liam Neeson first appears on stage, and that's like, ooh, and I'm like, you do realize he's not there. I should be, get out of it. And then obviously yeah. later on, you you realize, oh, yeah, I could see the sheet 3D of glass. 3D holography. It's kind of cool. It's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. They, it just means a, a sheer um, projector screen that, that you can kind of see through. Mm. But but it looked good. good. But I enjoyed the show, so thank you very much for that recommendation. You're welcome. So. Um, I wouldn't mind having uh, one of those tripods as a <laughs> as a prop. I don't know where I'd store it, but back garden, really? Yeah, it would stop anybody. Uh, it would stop Hermes drivers <laughs> just chucking parcels at you. I'd have been tripod with a death ray there. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We, um, I have this thing with the projector where it's a case of right. So Annette, we're going to watch something on the projector tonight. What are we watching? I never tell her. Because it ruins some of the, the things. Like lights go down, on comes the film, and it did it again tonight with another movie. And so far, everything I've selected has been like very, very well received. So, including War of the Worlds. So, I'm just curious to know what this show must go on YouTube yeah. channel puts on next week. I have to say, um, I kind of showed Addy maybe a 40, 50 second snippet from part way through. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, this is one of the films that I'm going to put on tonight. Does it look like something that you want to watch or are you going to kind of go and play or something like that? She says, oh, I'll, I'll probably go and play and do my own thing. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then when it actually came to it, she sat and watched the whole thing and um, towards the end got even closer to the, to the like you say, 130-inch yeah. screen just because she was enjoying it so much i was i was very impressed nice good good so uh shall we take turns on what we've watched otherwise when i get to mine i'm going to be talking for about an hour and there won't be much for you to do so uh, okay. have you watched quite a lot or have you watched how many um, i've got about 12 13 things on my list what have i got on my <laughs> list i have six okay well that's fine so i'll yeah. well, let me go, i'll go first Okay. And I will. I might not necessarily go through every single thing that I've watched, but uh, so I finished watching the documentary "Bedrooms to Billions: The PlayStation Revolution," which is a bit of a gobble. Oh. It's a 2020 documentary, two hours and 42 minutes, and it's a follow-up to a documentary called "Bedrooms to Billions," which was the sort of rise of the the home computer, told from mm-hmm. the British side of things. So it was all Spectrums and Commodores and ZX81s and stuff. But obviously, this sequel is purely focused on 
sort of Nintendo and then Sega and then the PlayStation takes over. There is no mention whatsoever of Xbox. None. <laughs> does it, it doesn't even get a mention. And this documentary goes all the way up to the, P- the PS4 and the PS5, but for some reason, wow. Microsoft do not exist in this uh in this world so i rented it for i think that's three pounds 49 off google play you can mm. buy it on blu-ray for about 15 20 quid but i wouldn't buy it it's not the first one's amazing second one yeah no i'm glad i watched it but you know i am all good um i also watched i've watched bill and ted face the music aka Ooh. bill and ted 3 which is a ton of fun that comes out in november so not too far off it's. I saw lots of people online going, yeah, it's all right, it's a bit stupid. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, it's Bill and it's Ted. Bill and Ted. Yeah, it's Keanu Reeves, isn't it? A bit old for that. That's also the point. They're in their 40s or 50s or whatever now. It's, but it's worth <laughs> watching. It's as good as the others. Mm-hmm. So I would watch that one. So let's tick one off your list. What have you watched? Um, what am I going to start with? Choices, choices, isn't it? Um, who be Halloween? Oh, is it Mr. Sandler. Yeah, Mr. Adam Sandler on Netflix. I like Adam Sandler. He's good. A Netflix exclusive. Yes. Um, and uh, I know um, we briefly touched on this previously in the week, um, yeah. you know, as, as we spoke on the phone. And uh, I think you might be right. Um, it, he might be just kind of churning out another movie for, for his Netflix contract because it wasn't as good as as many others of his uh, movies. I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I really enjoy what he comes up with. I was really excited about something that was, you know, based around Halloween could be a family favorite every year. No, <laughs> no, <for> no, <laughs> no. I, you know, I've watched it once. I'm glad I watched it, you know, but it, it didn't have me laughing out loud all the time. Like a lot of his stuff does. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a good film. It's a yeah. good film, but it's not a great film. What's your favourite Adam Sandler one? What one springs to mind? Ooh. I mean, it's quite a few. It's like Adam Sandler gets a bit of a bashing sometimes, as does anybody that makes films, I guess, nowadays. But I like him. It's like you don't... You know, Uncut Gems is amazing, but that's not your typical Adam Sandler film. That's him doing pure drama. And that's on Netflix, and that is an amazing performance by him. But it's not, you know, it's not an Adam Sandler comedy by any means, but... What what else do you expect from Adam Sandler? You want Big Daddy, or the, yeah. the Water Boy, or or Little Nicky, or that's pretty much what you want, isn't it? Just sit down, watch the film, and smile for God's sake. I, I think the I think my first Adam Sandler movie I ever watched was The Wedding Singer, which okay. you know I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but you know I really like Big Daddy. Um, Big Daddy, I saw at the cinema. Uh, Happy Gilmore. If you've not seen Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore is uh, good. That's my yeah. favourite one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one I like the most. Yeah, uh, you know. So, but it's worth watching once, though. Yeah, right. It's, it's worth watching once. So you're not really going to go. Do you know what? I'd like to have seen that on the big screen. <laughs> you're okay with watching it on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I've. Maybe I'll watch it again just to see, just to make sure that there wasn't something wrong with me the first time around. But I don't think there was. The problem, I just, the pro- I just wasn't laughing. The problem with a lot of comedies, though, is it's a very hard thing to do. It's like that in horror movies. You sit down with a comedy and you press play and you go, "Right, make me laugh now." Yeah, and it's very <laughs> difficult for a film to do that. I think. 
I think maybe you would have enjoyed it more if somebody were, oh, just put this film on and you've never heard of anybody in it. You yeah. don't know what sort of film you're going to get. But yeah, comedies are quite hard and horror films, right? Scare me, petrify me. Very difficult to do. <laughs> so, well, I watched another video game documentary called Not for Resale, which is, uh, it's, I think it was shot during lockdown. It's shot in a lot of video game stores across the US and it's all about the, the sort of change from physical games to digital media and it talks mm-hmm. about these people that started up the video game you know like the trade-in stores like GameStop and all that sort of stuff yeah but the smaller ones like the mom and pop ones it was fascinating I absolutely loved that documentary and it's interesting I've been on a sort of real sort of kick for watching all these nostalgia VHS movies and old video game documentaries and stuff. I think I'm just mm. trying to run back to a time that wasn't 2020. <laughs> so I'm like, let me watch something that was set in the 80s or the 90s. That was a time when I could actually go out without wearing a mask like Bane. But uh, no, not for resale. I enjoyed it. It was good. Very, very sure. easy to watch. Literally just how did you start your game store? What's it like? What do you think physical media is going to do to you? Blah, blah, blah. And you get glimpses into some of these stores where people have got like the biggest collection of video games and movies and stuff like that. It's like, I really, I really, really want a massive collection of something. I don't have a, <laughs> I've got lots and lots of DVDs, but I really want a huge shelf that so people can walk in the house and go, oh, wow what is that and then spend ages just looking at it so that's that's something to do when we get a new house at some point whenever that is is to uh, purposely make sure that i end up collecting something it might be arrow blu-rays or or criterion <laughs> blu-rays or something like that but uh that, that's my plan so mm. over to you um the next one i'll get it out the way um walking dead world beyond Season one, episode two, and season one, episode three. Oh, so you've watched? Yeah, you've lasted longer than I did then, because I bailed, mm. bailed out after after the end of episode two. So, what is your thoughts so far? Did you get the point when I? Because I think I don't know if we spoke about it on a podcast or when we it, did what, last. Was it where the, the last one? Somebody yeah. was vomiting in somebody's face, and he just walked off mm-hmm. and laughed. I found that massively cruel that scene, and I get it. But it's like, do you know what? I, I don't need that in my life. Well, I, I purposely paid attention during that scene because we'd spoken about it. Yeah. And I think um, it does show, um, in, in one respect, the youth of today. And when I say the youth of today, I don't mean all of them because you can't tarnish <laughs> them all. Every single one. Um, of, every, all of them, no, Rob. Every single because one. Because they're not all like that. <laughs> yes, they are. There's they're all like really that. really good ones. No, no good but ones. <laughs> there are a lot bad ones yes you know these ones nowadays that you would have never dreamed about um as a kid where you're driving in the car down the street and they're on the street and instead of moving out the way they purposely just stroll and take their time making you break (laughs) and stop and wait for them and then they shout abuse at you because how dare you drive down a road yeah you know that kind of kid and i think that's what it showed because you've got you know the whole, you know, the the vomiting moment and the laughing, but then you got the kid as well at the end who was pretty much sorry, yeah, and you know, mouthed that and moved on. And it, uh, and also, I think, so on one hand, it showed that they really didn't give a crap, and the, you know, so what if that person used to be a person, but now they're not a person? But it also showed the disconnect 
that they have from the walkers going, yeah, we don't see them as real people anymore. So it kind of worked. They mm-hmm. did exactly what it meant to do. But it just, I thought, you know, I don't need that in my life. It was like in the original Walking Dead when the tiger got killed. I'm like, do you know what? I don't need to watch that. I don't need to watch this mm-hmm. in my life. I'm good. My life can be grim enough without seeing the CGI tiger die. I'm quite upset about that CGI tiger. And, and I still have to say that tiger would have taken out those walkers. I'm sorry. Easily. There wasn't enough of them. No. Easily. So, um, but yeah, just uh, Walking Dead World Beyond to me just seemed to go back to where it's like I don't need to see people going, oh no, we don't know what to do. I've already seen that in, all, in the other two shows. Get me, get me to the gritty stuff. So that's pretty mm. much why I bailed out. But how does it then progress after um, season, after episode two? It still is pretty slow going <laughs> yeah, at the moment. I was going to say crap, but yeah. <laughs> um, and for for a show that is limited to two seasons, yeah, slow going isn't great. No. Um, one thing that really got me, and I don't know if it was in episode two or episode three, so I don't know if you will have seen it or not. There's a specific scene where they've reached, um, this burning pile of tires. Yeah. I did see a burning pile of tires. Yep. And, um, you know, there's walkers all over this place and they're trying to get by them. So they're, they're running like behind vehicles and, and that kind of stuff from one to the other. Yeah. There's walkers literally on screen looking at them as they walk, as they run across like these gaps, and the walkers don't move towards them. They it's don't like, care, do they? <laughs> w- when did these walkers just think, oh, this bunch of kids, I'm not going to bother? Because it's like, if, if this was The Walking Dead, you get somebody going, oh, there's a walker about four miles down the road, do not move. All right. And, and then the walker would go, hang on a minute. Exactly. There you are, I'm coming after you. But yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a strange show. That. Th- those walkers, you know, I don't know if it was um, tire fumes or something like that, maybe, but there was something stopping those walkers going after those kids, and I don't know why. Possibly tire fumes, you never know. It's possible. I mean, um, smear yourself in blood or whatever, it masks yourself, so who knows? Maybe just put a burning... I, there are times <laughs> when I would wish the cast would actually put a burning tire around a neck, but, you know, that's just, just my uh, Rotten Tomatoes review for that show. I, just, I, do, I find it just very very far away from the Walking Dead style that I like. Uh, and I think if it was probably going to run for more than two seasons, I might carry on and watching mm. it. But it's like, you know what, it's way too slow for me. I don't like the style of it. I'm out for now. But I may end up watching it at some point in two years yeah. when it's finished. I'm, I'm hoping it starts to uh, to quicken up over the next few episodes. Um, <laughs> because there even wasn't much backstory going on in these these couple of episodes. You know, we've already established um, kind of the 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 group that has taken Rick. You know, who also massacred um, the university. Yeah. You know that we, but we haven't seen them again. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so the, the, there is no kind of continuing backstory. You know, all all, all it is is these kids on a journey at the moment, and. Um, you know, not much more. But I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. Yes, I won't yeah. give up on it. You know, if if Star Trek Discovery season one and two didn't put me off watching that, then Walking Dead will be on season one isn't going to put me off watching no. that as well. And I'll probably watch it at some point. But I tend to what I tend to do with shows now. It's like right, I'm enjoying this one, so I'll carry on watching that. I'm not enjoying that one, so that can wait. 
So mm-hmm. uh, the minute I'm into The Handmaid's Tale on Amazon, I'm five episodes into that. It's still stupidly grim, but it is such a good show. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about the, the plot on that one because obviously it would spoil it and stuff. But I'm, uh, I I'm do want to watch it. that now. After you good. mentioned it on the last podcast, it sounds good. It is, and what I like about I, I always wrote it off as well. I thought, oh, oh it's one of those period dramas, you know, no, down to no, no, like no, no, that. No. That's what it sounded like, and then you started explaining it. I'm like, oh, no, it's like right. Let's let's do the Hunger Games type world, but let's make it even grimmer. You're like, woo, I'm into that. So it's very, very good. But what it does is, like it's doing on The Walking Dead, it will flash back to sequences before the world went to crap. So you'll mm-hmm. get to see what it looked like and then what it looks like whilst it's going to crap. And then the present day, obviously, is the world's all gone to crap and poor old Elizabeth Moss is a handmaid. And uh, it yeah. just seems to be like some sort of property or whatever. But it's a it's a very, very good show. I don't think it's one of those you would go, right, I'm spending all Saturday watching a lot of these episodes because you would literally end up thinking, right, I'm just going to run in front of a bus because I'm really depressed. But it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a really good show, so I would recommend that. Sounds good. So uh, I treated Annette to a double bill of Tom Cruise films this week on the big projector. Ooh. And it was uh, so we watched A Few Good Men which is the mm-hmm. 1992 Aaron Sorkin courtroom drama, you know, the old famous Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth, that speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, great film. She totally loved it, so that was good. And then I'd mentioned whilst we were watching that, Jerry Maguire, and she said, oh, oh fantastic. I've never seen Jerry Maguire. So I'm like, right, need to track down Jerry Maguire. So I purchased it off Google Play for about mm-hmm. £6, I think, because it's like you look online and you go, well, I can pay 15 quid for a Blu-ray, that might be here the day after tomorrow, or I can just buy it for less money on digital, and I'm probably going to watch it once or twice anyway, so sod it, I'll just get digital. So I've been buying a few, or rented a few on digital, but I still do prefer. But all my DVDs and Blu-rays are boxed up because I'm decluttering a room in a minute, so it's I have no choice. If it's not on streaming, then, uh, <laughs> then Google Play is pretty much the way to go at the minute. But she thoroughly enjoyed Jerry Maguire. So good. that was uh, my projector thing is doing very, very well. So we had uh, a few good men, Jerry Maguire, and then I followed it up with a film called The Pianist, which okay. is a 2002 film directed by Roman Polanski, kind of like Schindler's List. So it's mm-hmm. you know, set in the Holocaust. Uh, Adrian Brody plays this famous piano player who is then caught up in the in the, the you know the situations of World War Two, and he has to go on the run, he has to go into hiding, and it's such a good film, and uh, that was definitely a good one to watch on the big screen. A lot of them are, and I suppose you've noticed that as well, where you go, oh yeah, I could watch Jurassic Park on the TV, it's fine, it would still be a really good film, but watching mm-hmm. it on a projector, mm-hmm. it adds so much, like the War of the Worlds. You know, you watch it on oh, the yeah. TV, it's kind of cool, but you watch it on a 120 thick inch projector wall or whatever it becomes so much better well i remember thinking as watching the war of worlds like you did on the projector yeah. um you there's the moments where you're you're getting to see the the cgi animation mm. and it's like kind of a letterbox strip yeah, it's very skinny and as it's well, not isn't it? very big yeah and i'm <laughs> thinking if i was watching that on my tv i'd have to get my magnifying glass out you would you would. It but, was, uh, yeah, that was the strangest formatting ever. And I get it, because obviously it was on the screens <laughs> in the actual arena, but it was like, huh? <laughs> but very cool to see on a wall. But uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so The Pianist, very, very grim, uh, very, very true, because uh, it was based on a true story. And also, 
I always like to go into the IMDb facts to have a look at the the sort of making of the film and find out a little bit more afterwards, and then I go and read the uh, the bullet points to it. And Roman Polanski was in the Holocaust. His parents, one of them, was killed at a death camp. His dad, I think it was his dad that survived. His mom didn't, and he was a child. So a lot of the things in this film were memories that he had that he incorporated into the movie, which just makes the film so much more powerful, I think. So, um, yes, yeah. the pianist. So what else have you got on your list? Um, I have uh, a film that I actually wished I'd watched on the big screen, and I might go back and watch it on the big screen. Okay. Um, it uh, was on Amazon Prime, and it was 1970. Oh, I saw that at the cinema. It's the only movie. Did you? It's the only movie I've watched this year at the cinema for obvious reasons. But yeah, we we uh-huh. I made because uh, I knew the film was coming out, uh, and it's uh, Sam Mendes who's done a couple of the Bond movies, and yep. there was this whole big thing about we've made it to look like one take. So I'm like, right, I need to watch this because this sounds stupidly clever. And it is stupidly clever, but it's... What were your thoughts on the film? Uh, Well, I don't know if I've spoken about it before. You know, everybody knows I love sci-fi, but if I have to have a a second kind of backup genre, it is war movies. So this really didn't disappoint me whatsoever. I was really kind of gripped from from kind of the start it it looks beautiful and the the story was there um you know it just didn't disappoint nothing disappointed about it so um like i say the only thing that i can now kind of do is go back and watch it on the big screen because watching it on a 50 inch just wasn't big enough no we were i think we actually went to see it on an imax so we watched it on that but from a from a filmmaking point of view and a camera point of view, you're like, how the hell did they film that shot? It's <laughs> insane. But from a story point of view, without, I'll try not to spoil it, but it, it sets out with two characters, doesn't it? Who are going, it go, does. And then did you not get a bit surprised when one of the characters became the main character? Cause you're like, Oh, I thought yeah. it was going to be the other one. <laughs> so that's like, mm-hmm. okay. So it sort of diverts yeah. and then follows a different one. So that really mm-hmm. threw me when I watched it at the cinema. And then once, a f- if, it's a f- if a film is able to do that, you go, right, well, all bets are off. You could pretty much do anything you mm-hmm. want. So I'm quite nervous for these characters now. The, there was so much about it that I re- just, I'm one of these people because I like collecting props or, artifacts as we may now call them um i i have kind of two heads when watching a movie so there's the normal one which is just i'm there for the movie but sometimes i'll flick into well let's have a look around let's have a look at the sets and what kind of props are there so i find myself doing that with this movie because it looks so kind of gorgeous and um just thinking the sets that they must have done for this must have been massive, you know, just on a scale that was unimaginable. Yeah. There are there it, are some pretty good anime. I've only seen, I think, two of them, short making ofs that were put out on YouTube. So I'll mm-hmm. try and find those or have a search for them. But they were put out around the time of the cinema release, just giving a little bit of an insight into the film. And it's just like the uh-huh. level of detail is bonkers. But the camera work just 
blows me away on that thing because it is all made to look like one take and i think it Mm. is something like it's only two or three takes in the entire you know two or three shots in the entire movie but they look like it's one i think one of the cuts is when somebody falls in the water Um, yeah they're all hidden cuts you can't go oh there we go uh i think another one is when there's a like a flare goes off or whatever and it it blinks black for a second but other than that Mm -hmm. the film is pretty much all one shot which is just mind mind blowing that somebody would go do you know what i want to try (laughs) it's uh, it's a lot of work and some good cameos in the film as well yeah Um, like like i say you know it's great when you watch a film and then you think right i'm gonna have to watch that again yeah 1917 is one i've seen once and i have seen it on amazon prime as well and i keep thinking oh i need to watch that again but it's still kind of fresh in my mind from when i saw it i think back in january i think i watched it but uh yeah it's a very very good film yep free mm. on amazon prime yes so that is all right what did i watch i, I went over to britbox so i thought i'm just gonna have a look and see what's on britbox and they um they've added a lot of the film four movies on there which mm-hmm. is amazing so i'm just gonna i I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't want to watch a new film. I want to watch something old that I've not seen yeah. for like 20 years. <laughs> so let me just watch something. So I found two on BritBox. The first one I found was from 1987, and it's uh, based on a Frederick Forsyth novel called Fourth Protocol, uh, okay. starring Michael Caine. Pierce Brosnan is this Russian, so a good bit of casting there. He's this Russian spy who comes over to Britain with the plan of setting off a nuclear device on an American airbase. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's Bayswater. I think he's he's planning on doing that. And Michael Caine works for the British Secret Service. He catches wind of this, and it's it's the whole cat and mouse spy game and and all that sort of stuff. But a really good film. I really enjoyed that. So I sat and watched that one. And then I found a film that I've been after on DVD for years. But every time I saw it, it was like thirty, forty pound for a DVD. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying that <laughs> for a DVD that is actually about twenty years old. And it's a British film called Downtime, starring Paul McGann. Okay, and Paul McGann is a, is a psychologist. He gets called to talk this woman from not jumping off a tower block, and he mm-hmm. rescues her and then decides he quite likes her. So he goes around to visit her, and there's a lot of kids that are in this tower block, and you know the sort of storyline where they're terrorising everybody and everybody's scared of the kids and all that sort of stuff. So that sort of plot line goes on. These youth of today, these youth, these terrible youth of today. <laughs> One of them played by Stephen Graham, who's now in pretty much mm-hmm. everything, but he's like 15 when he's in this. And I was watching the film and I looked at one of the guys. And I'm like. That looks like Craig Conway, who I know, who's been in like The Descent and Dog Soldiers and, and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. I'm like, that looks like Craig Conway. So I had a look on his IMDb and it was Craig Conway. So I tweeted at him saying, just watch you in downtime on BritBox. And then he tagged Stephen Graham and a guy called Dale Meeks into it. And they were all having a conversation about this film. Oh, it's been too long. So I'd like reunited <laughs> them. And because uh, Craig Conway and Dale Meeks were in Biker Grove together. So it was really oh. nice that I instigated a little bit of a reunion just because I decided to watch this film on BritBox. But uh, Paul McGann gets stuck in an elevator because these little scrotty little kids start faffing around with it and it breaks down. And mm. it's, it's a really tense little thriller, but it's, uh, it's good. But uh, I haven't seen it since 1997, so it was nice to revisit that one. So, yay, BritBox. Mm. What about you? What's next? Um, I have watched Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 
two. Okay, now because you were impressed with the pilot of this, were you? I was impressed with the uh, the first one, which which is surprising because it's Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> okay. So um, so I was actually excited about watching the second episode, and I've got to say, I'm still impressed. Nice. Um, like I say, it's going to be shot down at some point. They'll they'll pop up a Klingon that they've kept looking like the silly Klingons that they brought back um, for for the first season of uh, Discovery. But so far, so good. Um, I can't really say any more because I don't want to give away any spoilers if you haven't seen it. But yeah, it's it's certainly a reboot of, of Discovery. They're, they're, they've made some changes, and for me... It's for the better. That's good. So you're going to carry on watching it. That's good. So if I am. you prefer that to Picard, yes, at the moment, yes. Good, good. That's all right. So, mm. so what else have I watched? Another uh, documentary. This will be a quick one here. It's called Vipco: The Untold Story. Now, Vipco is this uh, distribution company in the UK that used to release these crappy old video nasty movies back in the day they'd release cut versions and they just put them out and everybody uh, went mental and bought them and somehow this took on and became like a bit of a cult uh, sort of collection label just like a bit of a shit criterion basically <laughs> like a really bad criterion and somebody's decided to make a documentary all about the story of Vipco so it was kind of fascinating because they interviewed the guy who started it and who ran the company and he was pretty much like yeah, I don't really like movies. I just loved all the money because I could go to the casino. And it's, it's, the most, it's a fascinating thing. You're like, uh, shouldn't you really like the films? Like, I'm not really bothered. I loved having a, a Jaguar at the age of 25. So it was uh, it was a bit odd. But yeah, it's not caused me to think, oh, I need to run out and start collecting movies that Vipco released. So very no, but, but being a, a, a film fan, yeah. what about starting your own label, you know? Stuco. That would work. Yeah, we should, we yeah. should branch out into that. We should start a company together, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, Why not? But again, anything that sounds like Panda Cola, because that's what it sounded like to me when you first watched it. I thought, oh, Stuart's watched a documentary about the making of fizzy drinks for I'm kids. I'm sure there is one out there. And if not, we shall kickstart that. So that's what that's what the Patreon <laughs> money can go towards our Panda Cola yeah. documentary. Um, but, but I think the upside for the Vipco thing for me was just watching people. With um with like crazy Blu-ray and DVD shelves behind them, which again fueled me to sort of go, I really want a shelf with loads and loads of movies on in some sort of order. So I am kind of looking to see whether I should start collecting Criterion Blu-rays uh, or Arrow Blu-rays or something. But mm-hmm. I really I'd like to start collecting something. I do currently collect Funko Pops, but to be honest, what they don't really do a lot, do they? You just sit on a shelf. It's like so. If you get to the point where you've got about hundred of them, you go. Unlike right. those DVDs that dance around on the shelves. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got a new. Um, I've got a new Funko Pop, which I I ordered back in February, I believe. Do you remember when I signed up for the pop in a box thing? And oh, I yeah. did it once and then cancelled it. Well, mm-hmm. one of the pops apparently was a pre-order, so I got this email through about three days ago saying your pop is on the way and thinking i hadn't ordered any what the hell what's going on here <laughs> and i got a tracking number and everything i'm thinking what is what is going to show up and it's actually hans gruber from Die Hard. so i've got a nice little alan rickman pop yeah. figure that uh, apparently was released in september october and has only just been shipped out so that was a little bit odd but you know 
another pop figure to my uh, to my collection. Mm-hmm. Very strange. So, what else you watched? Um, I think this is the last on my list now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I've been waiting for actually for months. It's the the new Secret Garden movie. Oh yeah, you mentioned you were going to watch this. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I have to say I've never watched any of the Secret Gardens. Okay. Because there's been there's been a few. Um, I've never read the book. Um, all I knew was that the Secret Garden, you know, um, a couple of years back, they were filming locally um, at uh, Bodnant Gardens, um, and it's somewhere that you know we visited um, as a family uh, several times, and. So I thought, oh, it would be nice to see that film, you know, see if I can recognise any of the places it's, uh, you know, any, any of the scenes. And uh, so, yeah, I've been really looking forward to seeing this film, even though I've known nothing about it. And, um, yeah, finally, it finally came out on Friday on Sky Cinema. Mm-hmm. So being a, a Now TV subscriber, I, I, I got that. Um, and it didn't disappoint. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um it surprised me actually how, you know, especially be- at the beginning of it, it's, it's quite dark. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, you know, I, I just thought, you know, happy, fluffy kids movie yeah. about some <laughs> kind of lovely garden with flowers growing and, you know, everybody lives happily yeah. ever after. No, Secret it's garden. not like that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, it sounded nice. Well, I mean, the cover um, I saw for the 90s one, I'd like leaves and trees and it looked like a very lovely garden that people would just sit and eat like kipling's cakes and and stuff it's nice yeah yeah, nice nice day out let's just relax in front of this movie but that's a little bit darker yeah but it was it was a really uh a really good movie and uh i'm glad it was one for our movie night so it was on the big screen um you know, this is a movie that that was intended to go out in cinemas, and um, with with COVID, got pushed back and pushed back, and then Sky Cinema said, "You know what? We want to launch it on our platforms." So that's what happened. So it, it never did uh, the whole cinema thing. So, you know, I think I got the closest cinema experience that that's possible with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm glad. Um, I, I'd I'd certainly recommend it. Um, you know, Addie's eight. You know. That there are times I'm thinking, oh God, is she going to sleep tonight? You know, um, but she enjoyed it, and there was no problems with going to bed. So uh, I mean, that's the thing, sort of, and I think every parent probably faces this when they've got children. Is they, you know, they want to shield the children from. You're not going to sit sit her down and go right. Let me introduce you to Hellraiser. But <laughs> you've kind of got to drip feed tougher films into them. So you know, see oh, yeah. the garden, snow, sit snow down, white. watch Bambi. Because imagine it's like if if parents shield their kids till they're like fifteen and then go right, put the Power Rangers away now. That's that's done. Although to be fair, the Power Rangers might be a little bit violent, so no Power Rangers. So put the Hanna Barbera <laughs> cartoons away now. Let's uh, let's watch Final Destination. It would freak the hell out of kids because they'd be like, "Whoa, I didn't know there was films this dark in the world." So I think drip feeding <laughs> them and sort of turning the volume up slightly and introducing mm. them to slightly darker films—that's the the natural progression. I mean, what was one of the sort of first scary films that you recall when you were when you were a kid, and how old were you? Um, 
for me, the thing that kicked it off, and it, and it actually kicked it off in a big way, um, kind of some kind of fear. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I must have mentioned my my dad was a market trader. Yeah. And um, the, you know, he, he sold various things throughout his life. But when I used to go in earn my pocket money, um, he was selling computer games, but we're talking cassettes yeah, yeah. and the occasional uh, floppy disk yeah. um, and VHS. So, um, you know, he would drive up to Manchester. That's where the wholesalers were. And um, it was great as a kid. You can imagine me being eight years old um, in, in my, you know, the car with my dad as he goes to pick up his latest stock. And you get to a warehouse in Manchester where literally it is a warehouse jam-packed full of every VHS you could imagine. Never get me out of there. I just disappear and live in it. You know, my dad's there with with the owner kind of picking up because you know my dad would have um his volvo estate plus his um trailer and kind of he'd be kind of picking out you know what he's picking up that week and i'd just let be left to roam so i was just roaming looking around and you know at the end of it you know if i've picked out a, a vhs yeah no no problem you know there you go son um so yeah, I, I just get to walk around and you know look at all these great things, the same as I did when I worked on the stall. Yeah. Um, so one of the other stall holders, um, he had a son that was the same age as me, and um, decided at the age of, I, like I say, I must have been about nine. Um, this was going to be my first um, sleepover. I was going around to their house for the night. The parents were going out. We were. Um, allowed to order a, a takeaway, so we had burger and chips. Um, and um, obviously, well, entertainment's provided by me and my dad. So, um, though you know, me and 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 this lad, we were, you know, well, what what should we watch? And um, my dad had the um, Freddy Krueger box set. Okay, yeah, on VHS, and you know you know, being nine year old <laughs> kids, you know, like that's the one for yeah. us. And, um, so yeah, we, we, um, we had the Freddy Krueger box set. We, we ordered our burger. We started watching the first one and, um, I don't think either of us slept that night. Uh, wow. and for me that kicked off, several years of nightmares about Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah, it would do. Because, yeah, well, I mean, obviously the subject matter as well. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it will come and get you when you're sleeping. The uh, It only changed, you know, I, I hit a certain age, and I can't remember what age that was, where I would realise that I was in a dream and for some reason then had fun turning the the tide and that realized that i'm in a dream i can do anything i want and then i used to have fun with that dream God. i don't know you know how many people are actually have been able to take control of their dreams but if you have yeah. it's fun and uh yeah um but before that yeah i used to wake up you know um because i'd been having freddy krueger nightmares that's kind of freaky <laughs> but kind of mm-hmm. cool 
So I think for me, it was probably, I mean, I went to see Jaws, but I've mentioned that before. But I think for me, one of the standout memories was I was in bed. Um, I was probably, God, I would have been like eight years old or something. And I could hear mm-hmm. a horror film on the TV in the living room. And it was The Omen from 1976. And there's a <laughs> scene in that where Gregory Peck and David Warner are raiding this graveyard in Italy mm-hmm. and these Rottweilers come out and it's, you know, you've got thunder and lightning going, you've got Rottweilers going and it's like to hear that <laughs> in the middle of the night and that gave me sort of very, very freaky dreams for uh, for quite a long time. So that's one of my memories. Apparently Annette is mm-hmm. Hellraiser. So uh-huh. that was the first horror film she ever actually saw. So, you know, good place to start, mm-hmm. isn't it, really? Yeah. And I think for me, when you know i had a dad that was selling all this stuff all that stuff was readily available and it wasn't uh the case of how do i get my hands on anything that's got an 18 certificate because it would just be dad can i borrow this video yeah not a problem oh, that's amazing i do miss it it's like watching all these documentaries i miss actually going into a shop and just browsing the covers and just turning mm-hmm. them around and then spending, I don't know how long you used to spend in a video store back in the days before you'd pick a film, but I used to spend like an hour mm-hmm. or two in there and then going home when well, I choose them very carefully. Now it's just Netflix. You go, I'll watch that one. That sucks. i watch another one. Yeah. That's crap. i watch another one. That sucks. And it's so, because they're all effectively free. You don't mm-hmm. take your time no. watching them, which I do miss. Well, back in back in the day working for my dad in Stoke on Stoke market, um, you know, we'd be there, you know, you'd set up the stall, you'd stand there in the cold weather and then I'd get my lunch. So I'd go to, um, usually to the local pie shop, um, buy myself a a steak pie and, uh, eat that quickly. And then opposite the pie shop was, the local blockbuster video and even though i stood on a video stall all day i still used to love going in blockbuster and just browsing because they usually had kind of the very latest stuff that we still hadn't got as a market trader um so yeah i'd still love browsing um the shelves there and uh kind of looking at what they got and then you know as i got older what the you know when i moved out and um me and nicole were living uh renting a house in stoke again we were only probably a two minute walk from that blockbuster video and we didn't have much money at the time so um our weekends were, were pretty much spent in our bedroom um huddled up if it was cold wow. with a little electric heater because that was cheaper to just heat the bedroom rather than heating the whole house. I mean, we still do that nowadays. Yeah. I don't know about you, but we've got like an electric fire in the living room and we will mm-hmm. still turn the central heating on for every single room in the house rather than just put that fire on. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, we, um, you know, we, we'd be in, in the bedroom and um, we'd pick you know when you go into blockbuster and it'd be um kind of the the ex rentals and they were you know three for a oh, tenner yeah. or four for a tenner <laughs> and yeah we, that's what we do so at the beginning of the weekend we'd walk into blockbuster we'd pick the three or four dvds that we were going to watch for that weekend yeah. and then we'd spend the weekend um watching them in the bedroom because you know it was nice and 
cheap. Nice. I do miss those days. But it was great. Yeah, it was really nice. But you, did you not find or you would enjoy the films more? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and you found, um, because you were watching these um, X rentals as well, they used to get like kind of adverts for other films, didn't you, that were coming yeah. out. So you'd watch one and you'd be like, oh, that trailer looks good. Because I would, I'd sit there and watch the trailers, mm. even though I could skip past them. Yeah. I'd watch them, and then the next week we go like we're looking out for that film because that looked really good. And that's the thing you don't get on Netflix, do you? I mean, obviously you do. No. Annoyingly, get the Netflix trailers for whatever show they're trying to pimp out before they scrap it after the second season. But I, I used to mm-hmm. love when I used to run the video store. My rep would come around every like week to drop the films off, and then once a month they would come around with this huge box of the time coded preview tapes and literally just you know when i used to work at previous video store you'd be lucky if you got like one or two of these things but this guy used mm-hmm. to come around and give me a box full of them like every single release coming out for the next two months here here's a yeah. box keep them and uh, sometimes there would be like a trailer tape in there from like warner or universal or whatever and it'd be like an hour of just trailers i used to love watching those because you would discover <laughs> stuff that you go, oh, I want to watch that. I yeah. And I know you can get trailers and stuff on YouTube, but who the heck goes onto YouTube going, let me just search for a trailer of a film that I don't even know exists? You don't mm-hmm. tend to do that. So, no. You know, here's us bitching about the state of the movie industry nowadays, but we're right. Um, it, it was mm-hmm. better. Yeah. So, there you go. So, what else have I watched? Uh, Netflix. I watched the, what's it called? The, the Trial of the Chicago Seven which is a Netflix exclusive. It's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who I'd mentioned before when I watched A Few Good Men. It stars... It's got a weird cast. Uh, Eddie Redmayne's in it. And this is officially the first film that I think Eddie Redmayne is fantastic in. I'm not really a fan of Eddie Redmayne, but uh, he's in that. And uh, he's in Fantastic Beasts. He's the main guy from that. And I'm just Mm -hmm. not... I don't know why. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to go, ooh, Eddie's got a new film. (laughs) I need to watch that. But uh, he's in this... He'd make a good Doctor Who. He would who. make an amazing Doctor Who, yeah. Mm. And he, yeah, he's very sort of Matt Smithish, isn't he? He is. Yeah. And uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's in it. So you're like, okay, but more about <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen further down my list. Uh, Mark Rylance, who played the BFG, he's in it. It's an mm-hmm. amazing cast list, and it's set in the I'm going to say 60s, late 60s, I think it is. And it is basically about how the American government. Uh, try and stop a Chicago protest and just scoop up who they think are the main leaders of it all. So they they sort of arrest Mm -hmm. Bobby Seale, who run the Black Panthers and all these different people who run different organizations. Go, right, well, we're going to put you in court. But we we weren't there. Well, it doesn't matter. We're going to try you for it anyway. And it's it's pretty much all set in a courtroom other than some flashbacks and flash sideways to see what's going on. But it's Mm. riveting. It's leapt into my mm. top ten, but I'm such a big fan of Aaron Sorkin, who he wrote Steve Jobs, which I know you've not watched yet, but you know one day you will watch nope. it. Uh, a few good men he did. He wrote the Social Network, which is the Facebook movie. He wrote the West Wing, so he's uh, an amazing writer. So I saw his name attached mm-hmm. to the Chicago Seven. I'm like, right, I'm gonna watch that. I put it on about half eleven at night. Thought I'll just watch about half an hour. Watched it all. <laughs> so it was. Uh, fantastic so that's my netflix sponsorship and it was a movie so i didn't have to worry about them canceling it halfway through which was quite nice 
Lovely. Uh, anything else that you have watched, sir? No, um, I did watch, um, and I don't know what it's called, so uh, please uh, shame me now. <laughs> um, I... Um, when... After we'd watched um, The War of the Worlds at the yeah. weekend... Um, me and Addie still wanted to watch something, but it was close to uh, to being time for her to go to bed. So we did stick on Disney Plus, and you know how you get the the Disney shorts where it's like um you know a Frozen two short and it's like twelve minutes or something yeah. like that. It was one of those. It was the it was an um, newly added to Disney Plus, and it was about Olaf from oh, Frozen yeah, yeah. two. Yeah, and it it was really good. It it was twelve minutes long, and it was um, kind of how Olaf became to have the name Olaf and uh, and all that kind of okay. stuff. And um, you, what you got to see is basically the tail end of a scene from um, Frozen 2, seen from a different angle, and then Olaf's little bit of how that scene was set up because of something he did or how he came into it at the end that you didn't see in the original movie. So you see all these kind of different moments with kind of Olaf kind of interwoven between them before you actually see him in the movie. And it was just really good. Okay. Well, sometimes though, you don't need something that's stupidly long though. Do you go, do you know what? I just want to watch something really short, which is why the big, big bang yeah. theory and stuff is so damn popular. Mm-hmm. When it, uh, when we were watching that. So yeah, if you've got Disney Plus, just have a look for kind of frozen shorts and, and you'll see it. It's on there on the kind of recently added list anyway. Nice. Well, I have not got Disney Plus because I sort of cancelled it for a little while because I wasn't watching anything on it, but <laughs> I will get it again at some point. So Because um, Mandalorian's coming up, isn't it? But I'll just wait. It I'll is. Just wait. I, in a minute, I've got Amazon Prime, Shudder, BritBox, Netflix and google play mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like i'm good i'm good what i'm actually planning on doing is actually making a to-do list of films that i need to watch an actual list because i was chatting to abel about it i think <laughs> uh, i think it was abel anyway the other night so i'm going to add that to my list i think i need to actually do a list because i always say right i'm going to add that to my list and i never really write it down anywhere so i uh, i kind of need to start so mm. i will add that one um so have you not watched borat 2 um i started watching it i got um probably five minutes into your your typical barat scene of him with um pulling along this huge stupidly sized cart as he was off to the us of a and um nicole walked into the door and she can't stand barat so that was the end of that and they had to switch it off so it's it's still there waiting for me to uh continue but because that's what you know i i know you you've watched borat this week um and uh, i thought you know what i'm gonna watch it too then we've got something that we've watched it you know at the same time we can talk about it and uh yeah it was scuppered at the last minute but um i will watch it i really because what i'm trying to do because you see it all the time where something comes out and then the whole internet talks about it for about four days and then moves on 
and a lot of the podcasts I listen mm-hmm. to, they'll talk about the new thing, and then they move on. They think, well, here's us talking about like I watched the film from 1987, <laughs> and like I want I want to start watching <laughs> new things for God's sake. So when I saw Borat, I dropped onto Amazon Prime, and also the fact that it's it's sort of tying into uh, apparently there's an election coming up somewhere, some country in the world mm. in the next month or so I don't know you don't really see many people talking about politics on uh, on social media so it ties in with that I thought right I'm going to give it a go I have not <laughs> laughed so much in a long time and it's that sort of uncomfortable laughter do you know when you're watching a scene and you go I really shouldn't be laughing at this but my god this is the funniest thing it's so non-PC <laughs> and I miss that sort of humour I think so often nowadays yeah. you know you would never go to work and go uh, oh God! There's this really funny bit where they're talking about abortions or whatever. You because people go, oh, that's not a funny subject. You shouldn't be talking about it. It's not funny. But sometimes when you're in your house and you're just watching a mm-hmm. film, you can actually laugh at something that you know you really shouldn't be laughing at, but it is the funniest thing you've seen in a long time. I was laughing my head off. I think Borat Two, because uh, I'm not giving it its full title because it's just a bit of a mouthful. But so Borat Two. Uh, it, it, when it's funny, it's really, really funny. And there's a few bits mm-hmm. that aren't funny. And I think people who don't like Borat will just not even entertain it. I saw somebody on Facebook. They won't bother watching no, it they anyway, won't. so it doesn't matter. But I saw somebody on Facebook today and they were like, uh, so is, is Borat 2 worth watching? And a lot of people went, yes, it is, yes, it is, yes, it is. Uh, will you be watching it? Yeah, 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 watched it, watched it. And the amount of people like, nope, I refuse to watch it. Well, why refuse to watch it? I mean, if you if you've seen the first one, you don't like him, then obviously you go right. I'm good, but just the, the militant internety people are out with their knives. But I sent Donald Trump a few tweets because Sasha Baron Cohen has actually been <laughs> commenting on it, and I thought, oh, he's mentioned Donald in that. Let me just send that to Mr. Trump. So I have sent uh, President Trump quite a few tweets, just in case he missed the uh, the comments by um, <laughs> by Sasha Baron. But uh, no, I loved it. I thought it was really, really funny. I think we need more comedy films this year. Out of any year, I think we need them. But this year, I think we definitely do. I, I have to say, I, I've always been a huge um, Sasha Baron Cohen um, fan. You know, ever since the LEG days of the TV series, you know, I was watching the TV series, then the movie, and then obviously the different characters came about um and uh i'd i'd pretty much forgotten about it in today's uh, climate until you told me about um the youtube clip doing the rounds <laughs> of um him at um one of the rallies yeah, yeah. um you know what locking them up and blowing them up like the saudis yep. do um <laughs> you know and uh, so i i purposely um looked the clip up after that episode of the podcast we'd done and you know laughed amazingly i then looked at all you know because all you have to do is kind of um youtube that and then there's like the behind the scenes um there's the bits done by the people holding a rally saying you know well you know it it just goes to show that we aren't racist and you know all the different viewpoints from it and i i must have spent a couple of hours that day watching kind of all these different videos so you know when i spoke to you earlier in the week and you'd mentioned um borat too i was thinking 
this is another one of these uh, secret gardens where it hasn't come out of the cinema. It's just gone straight to a streaming platform. I'm yeah, loving same. it. You know, so, um, you know, that that's when I looked it up straight away and, and, and put it to watch. So I can't wait to watch it. And I'm, you know, I have to say that this whole kind of going straight to a streaming platform, when you've got subscriptions to quite a few streaming platforms is actually really good. Well, I like it. And Apple messaged me that, because there's a story going around that, um, and it's, you know, how the internet loves its flipping stories. It'll take something that will go, oh, this is what happened. No, that's not what happened. And the the producers of the new Bond movie were trying to pitch it around some streaming platform saying, look, we'll, we we might be interested in selling you the new Bond movie for $400 million. Mm-hmm. So nobody's bitten yet. So nobody's like, oh, we'll have it because it's a lot of money. Uh, and obviously a lot of people are reporting the story going, oh my God, Bond's going straight to Netflix. You're like, <clears throat> no, it's not going straight to Netflix. Mm. They were just exploring the idea. So Abel, Abel said yeah. to me, so what do you think about that? And it's like, initially I'm like, no, I'm all right. I want to watch, watch a film like that at cinema. But at the minute, I don't. So if Bond came out tomorrow, would I go to cinema and watch it? No, <laughs> I really wouldn't. But I would watch it on my big projector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it goes to free streaming, then I'm interested. I don't think I would pay more than five quid to rent it. So I'm not into mm-hmm. this whole £20 lark like the Mulan one. I wouldn't do that for every single no. film. It's no point, but... But I don't know. It's like I'd, I'd looked at my list of films that I'd seen at the cinema. I'd seen. I've been to cinema five times in two years, so I'm not one of these that. Oh, I. Oh no, you've got to watch them all on the big screen. All of them. Got to do it all the time because I just don't mm. go. I don't like cinema audiences. I think it's too expensive to go to the cinema when you get snacks. It takes too much time because you know you've got to get there. You've got to sit through half an hour worth of adverts that's after the mm-hmm. film starts and so you do that and then people are there and they, they're annoying and all that sort of stuff so I don't know what's your thoughts would you be happy if I mean we've got we've got projectors see, so we've got as close to yeah. it as possible haven't we yeah I'm I've always had my, a very unique take you know and I don't know if it's um, you know if other people see it that way as well um you know when uh you know when you were younger you could go to a car boot sale and there's somebody there selling all these shiny new movies uh, yeah. on 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 DVDs that didn't come with boxes just a, a little printed insert um you know we've all we've all seen them we've all been yeah. there and um i've bought a few now that apparently is taking money away from the film industry. And for some, it might be the way I did it certainly didn't because the only time I would buy something like that is when I really, really wanted to see it. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't out at that point. So we're talking something Star Trek related or along those lines. And if I've bought something Star Trek related, like that then i would always go out and well a see it at the cinema when it was released in you know in many cases multiple times i think generations i was up to about 12 different times at the cinema um 
then when it came out on VHS, if it did come out on VHS, I bought it. And when it was a Star Trek movie, it wasn't just once because every year they'd come up with a different limited edition set that had them all in yep. there. And I'd buy it because there was a new special little feature that I hadn't got that was, you know, 13 minutes longer than the uh, one before. Yeah. Um, then when DVD came out, guess who went and that bought them again? You. And then when Blu-ray came out, guess who's got them all on Blu-ray and still wishes that they'd do the DS9s and the things that aren't available on the Blu- mm-hmm. Blu-ray? Me. And guess once I've got a 4K player, again, who will go out and buy them again? That would be Me. Yeah. And and I, that's very much how I see them. So, um, you know, you know, if the next Star Trek film came out and it skipped the cinema release initially and it went straight to Netflix, would I watch it on Netflix? Yes. Would I watch it on my big screen projector? Mm-hmm. Yes. If that then went out to the cinema at a later date and it was um, post-COVID, would I go and watch it at the cinema? Yes, I would. And and that's the thing with me. You know, there are certain things that I will always go and watch at the cinema. Jumanji is one of the franchises. I've seen the first, I've seen the second. You know, the, the first, I think, and the second took, um, it was me, Addy, Nicole, and my dad. Um, you know, introduced him to it, and he's one he's always hated the cinema. And even he, after the first Jumanji, said, I didn't even fall asleep. Wow, okay, <laughs> um, so you know, and that's a big thing. And so, there's certain things that we will always go and see, and we'll see no matter what. So, you know, the way I look at it is if if things started coming out on Netflix straight away or Amazon or one of the others. I'd watch it there, but if it was one of the ones that I was going to see at the cinema as well, I'd also go to the cinema yeah, and see course. it, even if I could still get it free. So, you know, for me, the whole, you know, well, if you do that, it destroys the cinema. That doesn't work in my case. I'm not saying that's the same for everybody, because there are people, I suppose, who would see it on Netflix and then not go and see it at the cinema if they would have seen it at the cinema originally. Yeah, I, I- but that's not how it works for me. I have a list, and if I if they were on that list, and I would have seen it at the cinema. Even if the cinema release came later, I would still go and see them at the cinema. Yeah, so I think, and the reason I've only been to cinema like five times is because I only go to cinema now if it's a real special film that I want to watch. So if it's a Star yeah. Wars or a Bond or a John Wick, if it's something that would look so amazing on the big screen, that or Mad Max Fury Road, then I'll go watch that mm-hmm. but if it's an adam sandler comedy or or some sort of drama i'm all right i'll watch it at home i'm, I'm never running out of films yeah. it's never like you know mm-hmm. people are bleating about all these films not coming out to cinema this year i've not run out of films to watch quite the opposite i've got even more films mm-hmm. to watch i've i've just ordered 10 films off the arrow website because i've got a 70 percent off sale on so i've just uh even <laughs> so i've now started collecting arrow blu-rays so i'm quite happy about that um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's an odd one. But I, yeah, I, th- I think I think where it it falls down, like I say, is that these. I suppose the regular cinema goers who, you know, if you've got a Cineworld Unlimited pass and you're paying your fifteen twenty pound a month, whatever yeah. it may be, and you know they get that regular income, which is going you know, 
towards things. If they kind of fall away, then obviously, yeah, the, the revenue is going to go straight down. Um, the thing with the thing with but, those is, it's like, and the Cineworld Pass is a, is a good idea from the customer's point of mm-hmm. view, but is it a good idea yeah. from the from the cinema's point of view? Yes, they're getting seven pounds fifty a month, but if you were like an avid, say you had a cinema next door to you and you love going to the cinema, and you go, mm-hmm. brilliant, mm, I can either pay seven pounds each time I watch a film happily. Oh look, they've just started doing seven pounds a month. I'm gonna go for that. I'm gonna pay for one film effectively and then watch all these mm-hmm. others for free. And that's part of the reason that cinemas are also struggling. It's all these different things. So it's not COVID that's shutting cinemas down. I mean that's obviously the reason they're closing at the minute because nobody's going, but it's films going to streaming platforms. It is piracy. It is, uh, you know, people have got cable, so they've got their now TV boxes and their their Sky Cinemas and all these different things. People are collecting movies. I think the cinema is, it's becoming more like the theatre, where it becomes like a, oh, let's go for a special night out and watch the new Bond film, Mm. rather than let's go out on Friday and we'll see what's on. Yeah. Um, I remember having... uh the local cine world, I had a meeting with them. Um, I think it was the second sci-fi Wales. Um, I went to speak uh, to them about, and um, we got chatting about, um, you know, what, what was being shown and when was a good time for me, for example, to, to show up and give out leaflets yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And they said, pretty much come along to anything because 99% of the people we have through the doors are Cineworld card yeah. holders, and they basically turn up for every single film. It becomes like Netflix, doesn't it? You do, you know, you put your Netflix yeah. on, and you're like, it becomes the difference between I'm going to put Amazon on because the new Borat films there, and I want to watch Borat too. To I want to watch something. Let's just see what's on, because it doesn't really matter whether mm-hmm. it's any good or not, because it's technically all free. And I think yeah. that's bad for cinemas. It's great for the customer, as I mentioned, because it's like you pay seven fifty and then hey, you're done. But I think for cinemas, mm-hmm. it's not healthy. No, and I think um, you know cinemas, like you say, are usually a special yeah, thing. And, and certainly when I was growing up, you know, it was you know like I'm going to the cinema to see whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You know, you get really excited. Now, when I walk into a cinema, you know, unless, you know, it's, you know, I have to say the IMAX that um, in Manchester was uh, at the Trafford Centre was an exception to this because, you know, we're talking leather reclining sofas with half a mile of leg room. But, you know, a lot of the time now, cinemas are grubby. (laughs) The seats have got holes in where people have been picking out the foam and, you know, that it, you know, the back's gone in them, or the seat's half hanging off, or you've got somebody sitting next to you, um, making out with yeah a girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, because that's their only time yep. alone. It it's not a fun experience no, anymore. So they, they, and I see, we see a lot of that. Annette commented on that sort of a while back, saying you go to watch a movie and you will see couples there, generally younger younger couples 
who will just go mm-hmm. they're not interested in watching the film because they're literally just paying seven pounds each to get some quiet time so they could sit and chat without people watching over the shoulders so they're annoying everybody else yeah. it's like oh for god's sake so that's part of the reason i don't go to cinema but as a kid i love going to the movie theaters i would go like three four mm-hmm. times a week to watch anything and this was just a three screen cinema I loved it, but now, but there was yeah. no mobile phones. People did talk. I mean, I remember when people used to smoke in a cinema. That's how old I am, and it didn't bother you because you'd be so <laughs> engrossed in watching, like you know, Return of the Jedi or Tron or whatever stuff like that that I'd watched on the big screen. But nowadays, it's mobile phones, and it's just like, and it becomes more expensive. So you, you, um, you get annoyed when people are distracting you more. You're paying a pound. It's yeah. like it's a pound, isn't it? So what? So I've only spent a quid. But if you're spending. 20 quid for the pair of you to go out then you want to enjoy that experience but some bloody idiot on a mobile phone uh, it kind of distracts that so yeah when when we've been to the cinema here you know me nicole and addy um you, you're easily talking 50 pounds for for the three of yeah. us to go and watch a movie you know, once you once you factor in oh, a yeah. drink and a bit of yeah. popcorn it's uh, it's an expensive day out. That's a lot of movies we could buy for the project. I projector. think part of the problem is it's not just cinemas to blame. It's the studios because the, the percentages that the studios take for big films, it's nuts. It can be up to like on the first week of a blockbuster film, a cinema can take like 70, 80% of the takings going, yeah, we love that, which is why the cinemas have mm. then got to say, right, well, we need to just charge a fortune for popcorn here because otherwise we're not going to stay open. It's absolute madness. Mm. So it's I saw the funniest comment I saw the other day was, Oh, big studios, oh Bond going to Netflix or whatever. Oh, proves the studios don't care about cinema chains. They never did. It's it there's a reason mm. it's called the movie business, isn't there? And it's because the movie yeah. studios want to make money. If they will make money by flogging it to Netflix or Amazon or Shudder or whatever, then they're going to. It's crazy. So mm. I'm going to delay the the one minute rant thing because I think we've kind of done that <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> so you can have a think for it. Well, we'll see what happens between now and next week. But we're going to do the 60 second rant thing. Uh, I I am guessing okay. you've not managed to watch Mad Max Fury Road yet, though, Rob. So we shall save that. So no more recommendations for you at the minute until you've watched. But you mm-hmm. you have watched part of Donnie Darko. Is that correct? I have. Um... I've probably done uh, at least 30 minutes of Donnie Darko What's so far. <laughs> and at the moment, it's confusing. Yeah. It's, it's well, I, I reserve judgment until I've seen oh, it yeah. all. It's, um, but it's very dark. It's very dark, but it's such a good film. It is. Uh, yeah, and, and the reason I, I switched it off um, is because I didn't want Addy having that <laughs> moment um, <laughs> that, that you that you had when you were hearing, um, you know, a horror movie going on um, yeah. as a kid laying in yeah. bed because I'd started watching it and she was downstairs doing something and then she came up to do something in her bedroom and I thought, you know what, I'm not having this play no, next to no, her. No, you don't want Frank the Rabbit tormenting her dreams. But it is a science fiction film, so that will it will definitely fit <laughs> in your wheelhouse, but it's it is such a good film. It's just, it's very unique. You can't go, oh, that's just mm-hmm. like such and such. There, I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, there no. is actually a sequel to Donnie Darko. Do not ever watch it. It's called, it's, it's called S. Darko, 
which follows Donnie's well, sister. I don't know whether she's played by the same actress, whatever. But the uh, the writer director of that, he had nothing to do with the film whatsoever. And I made the mistake of watching it at some point, and it's dreadful. So in the same way, don't ever watch the follow-up to Woman in Black. Uh, do not bother watching the follow-up to Donnie Darko. It's nothing to do with the Donnie Darko, the, the actual proper film. But mm-hmm. uh, So hopefully you'll finish that maybe by... Next, well, I will find out next week what you've watched, won't I? So what have you got planned mm. for the coming week? Anything exciting? I have not. I am not back in work till Thursday. So I am going to sit and um, sit and watch movies and just sit and wait for all these Arrow movies to show up on Blu-ray. Uh, oh, I've got so much work to do. It's unbelievable. Um, so um, it will be a case of work and then the, the hours that I get to myself cramming a bit of gaming and a bit of uh, TV just to keep myself sane. Well, I spent what I thought was going to be about half an hour on Star Wars Squadrons VR but I ended up spending about an hour to an hour and a half and then once I took the headset off it's an amazing game by the way, I had such a headache for like two hours because that is the <laughs> longest I've ever spent on VR but I thought I'll just do one level, I'll just do another one well I'll just do one more and it's like before I knew it, over an hour had passed but my god that is such a good game on virtual reality so I'm very impressed with that mm. so um, yep. now I've, I've got to ask because that's a game where you, you're sitting in the cockpit yes. aren't you that's the, the whole premise yeah. of the game you know, TIE Fighter, an X-Wing, a Y-Wing whatever um, <clears throat> would that game be better with some kind of um, flight stick rather than the the PlayStation VR controllers? Um, yeah, pr- well, possibly, but it's there are some other buttons other than just the joystick type. So you've got you can change your power mm-hmm. settings to make it shields and lasers and all that stuff now and again. So if your flight stick does that, then that would yeah. be fine. But my God, that's it's such a good game. It's very very good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm so glad that I purchased that one. So, well, Thanks. I shall leave you to it for now because we have hit our 90 minutes. So that was a nice sort of crammed show, which is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've missed something to talk about, but you know what? I'll just save it till the next episode. So, um, But I will have a catch up with yeah. you throughout the week, Rob. Always a pleasure. I'm guessing Sounds Bob's good. not showing up for this episode. Yes. If so, nobody's no, going to be here. We'll just they? leave a message for him and he can, uh, he can pick it up after. But yeah. you take care. Enjoy <laughs> the rest of your night. And uh, I'll you chat too. to you soon. Okay. Yep. No Thank problem. you very much. Take care. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.